0: save your virtual seat at grow and email list.com. inside of my free live workshop. You'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media. My secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at grow and email list.com. That's grow email to get started with an email list list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Growth brings about growing pains. And while we collectively grieved the world as we once knew it, we also are poised with this opportunity to rebuild what we hope is to come. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. Every year I do a little annual review episode on this podcast, and I'm not going to lie, I was very tempted to push off this type of episode for last year. How the heck do you review a year that took us all by surprise? Like, how can we sum up all the challenges and learnings and pivots that 2020 held? Well, I'm about to try to answer those questions and a few more inside of this episode. While 2020 likely wasn't what we envisioned when we rang in the start of a new decade, I'm prone to lean on the fact that I was always raised to seek out the silver linings and attempt to land on the pieces of optimism and goodness whenever and wherever I can. I honestly believe that my parents' steadfastness towards seeking out good ingrained in me this commitment to look at challenges, both big and small, as opportunities and a chance to be aware that hard times often teach us the most necessary lessons. While this perspective sometimes takes a little bit of time before it really kicks in, in hindsight, it always, always, always remains true. Some of the darkest seasons often lead to my biggest breakthroughs, realizations, and growth opportunities. And I pray that for me, but I also pray that to be true for you too. So in this episode, I want to break down five of those heftiest challenges that I faced last year and how I'm using them to frame this current year that we're walking through. This isn't an episode meant to teach you the fanciest deep dive marketing strategies or where I'll dive into the newest social media methods we're trying over here. Actually, I'm really not trying to teach anything at all, but more so I just want to share from my heart some of the things I'm working on and going through, even though I don't have all the answers or know the end result just yet. It's this idea of showing up in the middle of the process, not just when you have the shiny after photo to go alongside the before. I admire so much when other leaders and people that I look up to can honestly show up and let you into their process. When people admit and they share their faults and their challenges and vulnerabilities, it's almost like this permission slip for us to do the same. Makes me feel like I can understand them on another level when they're just honest and real and they frankly tell the truth. So that's really what today's episode is all about not quote leading, not giving you the blueprint to nailing X, Y, or Z in your business. Just an honest combo with your gal pal Jenna over here from my heart to yours. Here are some of the challenges from 2020 that I've been ruminating over thoughtfully as we transition into a new year and continue to adjust and pivot and learn and grow into more resilient and kind human beings. At least that's the goal. So the first challenge I want to discuss is a really personal one. It's family planning. So Drew and I wrapped up 2020 with certainty in our hearts that this next year in phase of life should be spent trying to grow our family once again. We've always wanted to have two kids, if not three, but I also knew that I needed to give myself time to settle into the role of motherhood and get a grip on it before I was ready to start that process over again. There's this beautiful piece of knowing kind of what to expect with growing your family when you've done it once before, but it also sheds this new light on the things you might not have understood pre kids. We put a lot of prayer and thought into what we envisioned for our future, and I started to really get honest with how I was feeling and when I was getting ready to be ready to throw myself back into that ring again. Since it took us three years with two losses before we finally met Coco and held her in our arms, I know firsthand that things don't always work out as planned, but in 2020, we really started asking like, what is next for our family? I know that hoping and planning for our next child might not seem like a challenge necessarily, but when I really started thinking about it, I realized that I do carry along a lot of fears that come along with this desire to have another little one. Coco is two years old. Our family is moving and grooving in life and business. We split our time between our house and the lake. We found this way of life that just really works for all of us. And it's been this really beautiful season. And truthfully, it feels like a good and natural time to start trying for baby number two. But there's also a lot of extras to take into consideration. In hoping to grow our family, I have to realistically consider the things that I now know to be true. It might take some time. We might encounter loss again. Pregnancy might not come without complications. Like the fact that I was really, really sick in my last pregnancy, like pretty much entire first five months of it. There's just a lot to consider and wrap my mind around in the realm of being the kind of mom I want to be and to run the business I want to run while having enough energy to grow another little human. Now, I know they say no two pregnancies are the same, but I just want to be prepared and ready to walk through anything we might encounter. I want to feel like I at least did my part to prepare myself as much as I possibly can, knowing what I know now. Of course, I'm hopeful it's just butterflies and rainbows this next go around. But if I'm attached to my toilet or strapped to my bed most hours of the day again, it does affect other areas of my life. And now it's not just my relationship and business that it could impact, but it also could impact our daily routines with Cocoa too. On top of not knowing how my body will respond to pregnancy, I'm also hyper aware that this year, 2021, could still be really unpredictable, especially after a year like 2020. Like, who knows what this new year will bring? Of course, I realize we never really know what the future might bring, but I almost feel like we all have this collective whiplash after last year where we're just super cognizant that things could potentially take a downturn at any given time without warning, without reason. And that can be scary when we're also knowingly inviting in the unknown journey of growing our family. While I don't want to live in fear or base my life or decision on what ifs, as women, I do think there's so much to consider between pregnancy and fertility and the fourth trimester and timing and being an entrepreneur that can affect so much of our lives, especially as working women. Several months ago... I started proactively to see a naturopath doctor just to get some basic blood work done to review where my overall health is at and to make sure things are firing on all cylinders as I prepare for this next chapter. Being proactive this time around has given me a sense of calmness and a level of hope. Having this game plan and a protocol to follow in order to optimize my health pre-pregnancy has been such an empowering way to feel like I do in fact have some control over this and that I can be proactive in some ways as we move into this next part of our journey. I think after you go through something as devastating as recurrent loss, there's always going to be doubts and fear of the unknown, but at the same time, we can do what we can to best prepare our hearts, our minds, our family, and my body for what is to come and to feel confident in believing that I've done this before and I can do it again, and I hope that I get to do it with immense joy. now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. The next thing I want to talk about, and I'm taking into big account for this coming year is my team and their livelihoods. Like last year, it hit me harder than ever that I have not one, not two, but 10 women who rely on me and on this business in order to put food on their table and to care for their own families. And while it's a great blessing, it at times also felt like a burden, a worry to shoulder as we navigated 2020 together feeling like I have to support my team is a big responsibility. There's so much beauty in it, and I'm so honored to have this team of hardworking, insanely intelligent people to lift me up every single day. But there's also pressure in supporting a team and understanding that my business, it's not just responsible for myself, but it's responsible for other people too. I've always known it was a significant responsibility, but I think with so much of the uncertainty of 2020 and as I watched peers and other business owners have to make the devastating decision to lay off or fire members of their teams or downsize their businesses, it hit me that I want to do whatever I can to sustain what we've all worked so hard to build. Like I handpicked each one of my team members personally. We don't have HR or a hiring manager or an assistant picking through resumes and interviewing candidates. I've talked about this before, but I literally select people to work with mainly based on the skills they can offer to the business, but also on the connection that I have with them. That's truly just about it. So moving into 2021, it's one of my biggest goals to make sure that all the work we are doing is moving the needle forward so that we all benefit and gain from it. I don't want to just continue doing something because we've always done it or say yes to things because I feel obligated. I want to encourage my team to view each and every business decision and project and system in a way that focuses us to prioritize looking at what strategies are working and to let the rest of the noise fall away. You know, sometimes we just get so head down in the work and we rely on these incredible systems we've built, but I think that it's so important that we kind of lift our eyes and take inventory and really assess what's working for us. One of the best things we did when COVID hit and no one really knew what to expect was that we hit the pause button on all of our promotions and took time to refine and to strategize what was already working for us. When I look back at those early days when quarantine hit. I'm so grateful that instead of creating and promoting and going really hard, we took some time to kind of assess and take inventory of what was already working. And with a team of 10, my biggest question that I'm always asking myself is, is the work that I'm paying my team to do moving the needle forward? And if the answer is not a confident yes, then we need to move people into the roles that make it so that we are screaming, yes, this is worth it. This is an investment. If it's not moving us forward or making an impact or contributing to profits, then it's not just me it could be hurting, but my whole team. It's my hope that looking at everything in the business through this lens will open up more opportunities for us to better serve our community and to show up in our genius spots in order to carry this business and each other forward. One of my greatest accomplishments of 2020 was the fact that our business continued to support each and every one of our team members and that not a single person took a pay or an hourly cut as we navigated the tumultuous year together. In fact, all of my team members got bonuses and raises, and I am wildly proud of the fact that we built something that was able to do that. Moving on to number three, another thing that's in an adjustment phase this year is rest. Getting into a new flow of life after 2020. I have to be honest, rest has been challenging for me in this funky year, in this funky season. Usually with my schedule and the rapid pace that we travel and work, rest would just naturally happen along the way when there were pockets of opportunity to slow down after the busy times. We didn't have to work hard to build rest into our lives before, but instead I'd take the chance to slow down. Well, whenever life wasn't moving so fast, we'd have crazy travel seasons or big launches to prep for and execute, but then I could take a day or a week or even a month off to just totally chill and unplug. But last year, since everyone had been at home way more with requirements to pivot and pivot often in order to stay on pace, and even as our way of work has been adjusted, I had to figure out a new way to incorporate and prioritize both rest and boundaries while everything was feeling uncertain. I remember when the quarantine lockdown first started last year, it was like this palpable panic that hit the online business world. How long was it going to last? What would events look like? What would students and clients need from us in this ever-changing economy and world? How could we sustain our businesses when everything was changing in the blink of an eye? I personally got wrapped up in the whirlwind for a few months there of just going and going just to create and show up as best and as big as I could for my people until I realized things will always be changing. The future will always be uncertain. I was in this mode of just wanting to help everyone else secure their oxygen masks when I hadn't yet secured mine, so to speak. And while it's important to show up and be a resource for others in those seasons, it's just as important to take care of me and my family and my team and all of our needs. I quickly realized that we were going to be in this for the long haul. And if endurance would be required of me, then I needed to rest and take care of myself in order to give as fully as I possibly could. While it wasn't an overnight adjustment throughout 2020 and into this year, I've been watching my routines evolve. I no longer work for multi-hour marathons without food or a break or moving my body. I pause my day to take a run with Drew or I sign off so I can put Coco down for her nap. We not only kept up the habit of having no screens in our bedroom, but we now created a device drawer in our kitchen so that all of our devices live in there, which they're out of sight and out of mind. It's literally the best. And I'm not staring at slack or launch numbers when I know I should be present with my family or winding down for bed. I built these boundaries in intentionally to allow for even just mental rest, even when I was just in that same setting, not escaping my reality. 2020 was definitely an all-consuming yet beautiful reminder that just because boundaries aren't being naturally built into my schedule doesn't mean I shouldn't be building them for myself or willing to adapt what has worked for me then in order for it to work for me now. I hit this feeling about six months into the pandemic where I did this little body scan and I realized, my gosh, like I am tired. And when I assessed all the reasons why I was feeling drained and exhausted, I realized I hadn't taken time off in that entire time frame. Now, while I've always fiercely protected my weekends, I was deeply desiring more time off just to rest and to recharge and to feel creative again. Towards the end of the summer, I took an entire week off and it was just what I needed and a time where my family made some of the most precious memories. And I'm so grateful that I was able to just hit pause and catch my breath. I've been working hard at incorporating these boundaries and finding a new normal in this season of life. And for me, it looks like later start time so that we can have a family breakfast and I get to wake Coco up every morning and midday workouts to get the blood flowing and to pull my eyes off of the screen. At the end of the day, I always, always feel better and more balanced when I've given myself these gentle nudges to just slow down, protect my peace, prioritize rest, and of course take breaks. Now on that note, we're also focusing on trusting that what we do works. As someone who studied business a decade ago in college, I pride myself on leaning on those timeless principles when it comes to marketing and creating. There are so many things that stand the test of times that are tried and true. And when we lean on those as our foundation to the work that we do, we will be able to confidently weather the storms. With COVID and quarantine, I mentioned that I watched as everyone started to panic a bit because it was all brand new to us. Like panic was second nature. We collectively were processing the same information in real time. And while we didn't know what was to come, we didn't know how long it would last. We didn't know what it was going to look like. And we didn't know what normal was anymore. We had to lean on the universal truths in business in order to stay tethered to the mission and the work. Heck, I mean, I had my own panic moment there when I was wondering what the future might look like for business owners in this digital space. But then I realized we have this opportunity to continue to remind ourselves that we have to trust in the systems we've built, the systems that have produced results for us in the past. By trying to pivot too hard, too fast, you can easily lose sight of what matters and what people actually need from you in the long term. At the beginning of COVID, I wanted to just throw everything out the door. I wanted to create super time-sensitive information. I remember creating this coronavirus survival guide and creating smaller, more digestible offers. Like I wanted to save any ship that was out there sinking. And I got really caught up in creating all these new things. But Then I realized and we decided as a business that we've got to pause and really trust in what's worked for us before and in refining and leaning in so that we can just double down on our impact and continue delivering tools and resources that we know to be valuable and helpful. Instead of panicking and getting on that creation hamster wheel, we need to kind of lift our eyes up and look around and say, the stuff that we've been creating, the stuff that we've done for years and years and years is helpful even now. There are so many things that we did right last year when we focused on optimizing and strategizing the things that already produce results. And so a big focus for us in the new year is to put the blinders on more, like don't get sucked into the noise and the panic or the new trends and just stay on pace with our processes and stay connected to that mission so important that we keep a pulse on our community and never stop exploring ways that we can add value or serve but it's also equally important to not stray from the stuff that we've already got that can move the needle for us and for our community now this last one i've put here last because it penetrates my personal life and my business life so much now i've always considered myself a very proud lifelong learner and boy did i learn a lot in 2020 The last thing that I'm working on and through in 2021 is proactively taking a backseat as a leader and a teacher, even when my tendency is to teach through the processing and the learning. One of the most beautiful and challenging parts of 2020 was that we were given the time to pause and ponder, to question and learn or unlearn things that we once held up as truths in our lives. In 2020, several of my own blind spots were revealed to me when it came to race and privilege and equality. I learned about true allyship and that while intentions are important, they just don't speak loud enough. I was forced to pause and really reflect on what I believe to be true. And in that pausing, I understood there is so much for me to learn. And it's my job to take on that role as an active and engaged student. Well, privilege is something I've been aware of for many years, I never had to look it as square in the face as 2020 made me. And I'm frankly thankful for that. It's undeniable that the color of my skin has automatically set me up to succeed in a lot of ways that other people don't have the privilege of, that I have no way of knowing a black or a brown person's experiences, and that empathy isn't about attempting to walk in someone else's shoes, but comes from a deep desire to rely on shared emotions that can guide my actions." It was a lesson filled with both learning and unlearning that challenged me to do the work both online and offline. And it was a year of being open to growth and learning and changing and breaking down some of the structures that we built in a way that wasn't conducive to what our true mission and goal is. I can only speak on my own very flawed experience here. And I understand that it is not my role to teach or lead in any way in this space, but what I can do is continue inviting guests onto the show from diverse backgrounds and walks of life, colors of skin to share their experiences so that we can all understand and know how to do and be better. I can look at my business and investigate the holes in my own ways of thinking and processing, and I can challenge myself and my team to do the work that we have started, work that will hopefully be seen and felt by our audience and our community. Last year, it was messy and it was hard, not just for me, but for all of us. I'm never going to deny that. But if I could encourage you in any way, I tell you to not avoid the work of reviewing the year for yourself. Growth brings about growing pains. And while we collectively grieved the world as we once knew it, we also are poised with this opportunity to rebuild what we hope is to come. It wasn't my favorite thing to really ask myself what worked and what sucked and what will stay the same and what needs to change, but it is important work. I look at these episodes as little time capsules to be able to see and measure the growth that each year brings. I sincerely hope you can find grace with your own mistakes or dark periods of the year past, and I hope that we can fill those spaces with resilience and hope. I pray you can view it all through a fresh lens and even use your challenges as a tool to adjust and do better now that we know better and are moving into a fresh new space or a fresh new year. Nothing major changed with the turn of the calendar, but we're given an opportunity to start again. If we can stay true to our hearts and remain connected to the thought that these painful seasons do lead to brighter days and a deeper understanding of who we're meant to be, well, that's a lethal combination for becoming your absolute best self and impacting others greatly. And isn't that all we can really hope for through the good years and the bad? Thank you so much for giving me the space and the platform to share about these challenges and the hopes of overcoming them and learning through them. I am so grateful to get to walk through this journey with you by my side, Gold Digger. And I pray that until next time, until you tune in again, you continue to do the hard work and you keep on digging your biggest goals. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Gold Digger podcast today. And I cannot wait to see what the future holds for all of us. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast